Coming on, it is a Friday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us as we are getting ready for a exciting weekend in sports, Mo. First game of the World Series tonight. A number of folks may not be aware of that. What if they weren't? They would have been by the end of the rundown. But, yes, it is game one tonight of the World Series. Looking forward uh, to, to, to that and to getting to our picks for the World Series. So we'll, we'll, we'll decide. Hopefully our picks for the World Series will be better than our picks they for won't. college football have been. They won't. Yeah. yeah. They won't be. So yeah, That's what know, I'm afraid of. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Listen, uh, hey, look, somebody's got to be the – the, the landmine, if you will. So if it has to be us, it just has to be us. It there is what it is. <laughs> so looking forward to a good show. Nabias Wilburn's going to join us here in just a minute. We're going to talk about the state of Penn State football. And he covered the Nittany Lions for a number of years up in, uh, I guess, for the Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk to him about what he thinks is um, – is the, I guess, the likely future. Just kind of taking the temperature of yeah. Penn State football, like you said. Because, you know, he's, he still certainly has some some connection up there. He's got some connection, got some insight. And if you've been with us for a Nubias Wilborn segment, he's not afraid to share. It's, it's never a dull moment. Mm -mm. So stick around for that. He'll be in with us in just a moment, actually. And we'll also talk with Teresa Walker and Terry McCormick about the Titans weekend coming up. So all of that is coming your way here in a moment. Of course, as Mo said, college football picks in the final two segments of the show. Again, do exactly what – do the opposite of what we do and get rich. So without further ado – there will be no more ado. No ado. As we get you yesterday's results and today's, no, not just today, the weekend schedule on the rundown. It is the rundown. The Friday rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. Football action last night will go 
to the gridiron. Smyrna, a 3321 winner over Cane Ridge. It was Columbia Central, 35, Lincoln County, 19. Columbia Academy wins their region with a 49-14 win over Grace Franklin. It was Watertown Blanking Community, 63-0. Donaldson Christian with a big 35-17 win over Nashville Christian. Eagleville. A 23-13 winner over Cornersville, Na East Nashville, Blank Stratford, 35-0. It was Fairview, 14, White House Heritage, nothing. Franklin County plays their way into the playoffs with a 39-22 win over Spring Hill. Glencliff is shut out by Lawson, 51-0. Henry County, a 31-13 winner over the Commandos of Hendersonville. Centennial routes Hillsboro, 48-13. It was Red Bull and Springs, 27. Joe Burns, 24. Franklin. Closes the year with a pair of wins, 28-6 over John Overton in the season finale for the Admirals. Maplewood 48, Republic 6, Montgomery Bell Academy with a field goal late to win at 24-21 over Brentwood Academy. Middle Tennessee Christian was 51-7 winners over Ezel Harding. Moore County routes Richland 49-13. Page a 45-14 winner over Nolensville. Portland downs Hunters Lane 42-21. Providence Christian, 18-7 winners over Webb School. Beach, 24, Springfield, 10, and Sycamore, 51, Stewart County, 17. Scores from the girls' soccer state tournament down in Chattanooga. Bearden with a 3-1 win over Franklin. Ravenwood blanks Collinwood, uh, Collierville, excuse me. <laughs> Ravenwood won, Collierville nothing. Harpeth Hall doubles up Ensworth 2-1. Same for Liberty Creek, 2-1 over Kingston. Station Camp with a 3 nothing win over South Gibson and Merrill Hyde blanks Westview 2 to nothing. College football action from Thursday night, it was Virginia Tech with a 38-10 win over Syracuse and in the battles of GS. Georgia Southern 44, Georgia State 27. Uh, men's basketball action from Thursday of local interest. UT Southern goes to Cookville and gets the 74-70 Exhibition win over Tennessee Tech and Bryan College downs Cumberland 103-93. Schedule for this weekend. We'll start with high school football tonight. All of these at 7 o'clock local time. Battleground Academy hosting Good Pasture. Blackman at home against Coffee County. Ravenwood goes to Brentwood in the Battle of the Woods. Lawrence County is at Cheatham County. Clarksville hosting Clarksville Northeast. Davidson Academy is at Christ Presbyterian. And White House goes to Creekwood. Clarksville Northwest is at Dixon County. Summertown is at East Hickman. East Robertson hosting Jackson County. And Innsworth at home against Christian Brothers. Father Ryan hosting Warren County. Kings Academy is at Friendship Christian. Gallatin at home against Lebanon. And Sequatchie County at Giles County. Also, Hickman County is at Harpeth at 7 o'clock. Kenwood hosts Rossview. It's Antioch at Laverne. McCauley comes to Lipscomb Academy. Greenbrier. Plays at Montgomery Central. Green Hill travels to Mount Juliet. Mount Juliet Christian hosting Clarksville Academy. Loretto is at Mount Pleasant. Riverdale goes across town to Oakland. Pocone hosting Marshall County. Franklin Road Academy is at Pope Prep. Siegel is at Rockvale. Station Camp hosts Whites Creek. McGavick goes to Stewart's Creek. The Border Battle. Independence is at Summit. Westmoreland plays at Trousdale County. Wayne County hosts Liberty Creek. Kirkwood travels to West Creek, and Cookville is at Wilson Central. Again, all of those are 7 o'clock local time kickoffs. Girls Soccer State Championship this weekend at 4 o'clock. I'm sorry, 3 o'clock today. 3 o'clock, uh, Evangelical Christian and St. George's will play in the D2 Class A. And at 5.30 hour time, I, may, I, I changed one, didn't change the other. I know, just silly me. 
As long as you know. At 5.30 today, Harpeth Hall will play Baylor for the Division II AA title. Tomorrow, Class A state championship, all Sumner County, all the time. Merrill Hyde, Liberty Creek at 11 a.m. Station Camp, hosting, or not hosting, but taking on Greenville in the AA state championship at 1.30. And in AAA, it's Ravenwood Bearden at 4 o'clock. Those are all at CHI Memorial Stadium just inside the Tennessee line in Chattanooga. Major League Baseball World Series Game 1, Diamondbacks at the Rangers tonight at 7.03 on Fox and tomorrow at 7.03 on Fox. And this Sunday, NFL action, the Falcons come to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. It's at noon on CBS. In the association, Denver is at the FedEx Forum tonight at 6 against the Memphis Grizzlies. That game tips again at 6 o'clock. It's on Valley Sports South. And tomorrow, the Grizzlies travel to Washington, taking on the Wizards. That's a 6 o'clock start on Valley Sports Southeast. College football action. All of these are Saturday kicks. 2 o'clock on ESPN. It's Lindenwood at Tennessee State at 3 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Both those games are on ESPN+. Plus. North Alabama is at Austin P. That's a 3 o'clock start. At 6 on ESPN, Tennessee is at Kentucky. And at 6.30 on the SEC Network, Vanderbilt is at Ole Miss. Men's basketball, Saturday, 5 o'clock. Clinton is at UT Southern, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Fisk is at Faulkner. In women's basketball action tonight, exhibition play, UT Southern it's at the Glass House, taking on Middle Tennessee State. And on the ice, Toronto comes to Bridgestone Arena for a Saturday 6 o'clock matchup. And it can be seen on Valley Sports South. And that is your rundown. Top story brought to you each and every day by our friends at Piggly Wiggly. Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. Make sure to go by there and get your uh, meat, vegetables, cobbler during lunch, whatever makes your heart and belly happy. Of course, they've got fresh hand-cut meats as well daily in their meat department. Great produce and all cost plus 10 at the register. Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. Mo, as we were getting ready to try and figure out what to do in this segment, mm -hmm. the sports news gods smiled on smiled us. On us. <laughs> they did not, however, smile on mid-major basketball programs, and there's at least one person in the mid-state who is very upset today. Uh, there's more than one, I'm sure. Uh, there, there are several, but one particular, and that is uh, former Boston Globe sports editor <laughs> Joseph Sullivan, who is a noted mid-major mm -hmm. favor, and... The National Invitation Tournament has made some changes to its format. Conference regular season champions that do not win their conference tournament or are not otherwise selected to the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Championship will not receive an automatic bid to the NIT. Sounds reasonable enough. Instead, the NIT will guarantee two teams based on the net rankings from each of six conferences. Guess 
which six conferences? I'll tell you. The Atlantic Coast, the Big East, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Southeastern, otherwise referred to as the Power Six. The top two teams in the, in the net rankings not qualifying for the NCAA men's basketball tournament from each of those conferences, regardless of win-loss record, will be selected. Additionally, the 12 teams automatically selected will be guaranteed the opportunity to host a game in the first round of the NIT. Once those 12 schools are selected, the NIT committee will select the 20 best teams available to complete the tournament's 32-team field. Based on the committee's evaluation, the best four teams of the 20 at-large teams selected will complete the 16 first-round hosts. With deference given to the first four teams out of the Division I Men's Basketball Championship as determined by the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Committee. Additional teams from the six conferences with automatic qualifiers are eligible to be selected as at-large teams and can be selected as hosts. So basically, they have figured a way to tilt this thing more toward the Power Six conference teams. Because it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's not like the mid-majors, you know, made up 30, uh, you know, 75% of the Final Four in the NIT last year or anything like that. Right, so, right. Oh, wait. They did. They did. Mm -hmm. Huh. As was pointed out by... Um, I think it was Sam Doten, among others. Yeah, among plenty uh, of among, others. Among a number of others. Um, let me see if I can pull up this tweet real quick. I mean, essentially what they have done is, well, one, it's bad for college basketball. Two. It's a horrible look. It's, it is a bad look because – Here's the thing is it's it's clear what you're doing here. And maybe that's maybe this is unfortunately just a byproduct of the fact that mid-majors don't move the needle. If, in fact, that is the case, then tell me that. It's about eyeballs. Tell me that. Tell those teams that. And let's move forward. Like, hey. Sorry, mid-majors, um, you guys just don't have the, the fan bases that, that, that are necessary. That we care to, about. In order to, you know, continue to, to make to it profitable. To create a profitable tournament. So, therefore, unfortunately, it's. So we would rather have the number nine team from we, we the would, ACC than the number three team from. The Sun Belt or the we would rather uh, have we would rather have Virginia Tech than VCU than VCU, a hundred percent. Again, at SJ Doden, UAB and North Texas make the finals of the NIT, and Utah Valley makes the semifinals, and suddenly it's a five alarm fire that requires a format change. Very very disappointing decision from the NIT board. So not only will it be skewed toward the the power six because it's the, the middle of the pack power six middle ish ideally regardless of record hmm? regardless 
So in other again, uh, as we were saying, if 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 the NCAA takes seven teams to the NCAA tournament, then the eight and nine team from and the they're SEC. guaranteed a home game. It just seems silly to me. Look, I, I remember, I remember, I guess UAB hosted Tyler Hansborough in North Carolina in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Gosh, 2011, something like that. Place was packed. Couldn't get a ticket. If North Carolina were hosting UAB in the NIT, wouldn't have been able to give the tickets away. Right. Nobody would have cared. And so including North Carolina's players. Now I understand that if UAB were hosting VCU, it wouldn't be that way. I get that. But this is the same argument that I've made for college for the college football playoff in, you know, in, in requiring the group of five entrant in the twelve team playoff to be one of the top eight seeds because it ensures a home game. Right. Because again, uh, I'm trying to think of a school. Miami. Say Miami makes the 12 team playoff and they're at home against Tulane. There will be 4,700 people there. But if they're in New Orleans, sold out rock is crap. It makes a difference. I, look, I get that. The bigger the brand, the more eyeballs are going to be on it. But in my opinion, I don't watch the NIT to watch mid-Power 5 basketball. I watch the NIT for the exciting games that we got from UAB, North Texas, Utah State, etc. last year. That's when we watch the NIT. Maybe, maybe they will see that the ratings don't change much with these rules and they'll go back. It is experimental, they say. They say. So we'll these, these genies typically don't go back in those bottles, though. And well, uh, that again, that these genies are one hundred percent. based on numbers, based mm-hmm. on, you know, the the TV ratings. And I, I honestly, you know, I don't know, seven months ago, let's, let's go back and look. Um, UAB North Texas men's NIT championship game had – 370,000 viewers down 63% from Xavier, Texas A&M the year before. Hmm. Now, that being said, Xavier, Texas A&M the year before did not have to go up against Major League Baseball. <laughs> oh. oh. From, they, they conveniently leave that out. Well, it, it says it here. Yeah. North Texas Wisconsin semifinal last year was considerably stronger with 868,000, but it was on ESPN, not ESPN2. I don't know if that matters much. UAB Utah Valley 
on ESPN2 clocked 303,000. So, there you go. That, that's the reason. I mean, Wisconsin, it's Power 5 team, mm -hmm. more than double the championship game. So, there you go. Now we know the rest of the story. Yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. If how it how that develops, if it develops, I mean, it might be developed. <laughs> so. We'll take a break. When we come back, Nabias Wilburn joins us to talk about the state of Penn State athletics. So stick around. Main Street Sports State presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joints. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Whoa. 
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Pawn and Joint. Chris Yow, Maurice Patton with you here on this Friday as we get you ready for the weekend ahead in sports. Looking forward to it. But right now, we're going to kind of take a small retroactive look at the uh, last week in college football. But then we're going to look really far ahead, Mo, way hmm. past this weekend and <laughs> potentially into the next couple of years. As we talk with former Penn State beat writer and now, I, I guess, it, national freelance writer for Newsweek. Is that right? Well, I mean, we're full-time, but yeah. Uh, it's, oh, you it's, are full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. It's, it's been, boy, it's been a hell of a journey in uh, my career, even though I guess I've stayed out of more chitter trouble than Mo Patton, but uh, <laughs> 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 which I would love to talk about that whole situation too, but we can get there, like, and even though I am national now, I spent years as a beat writer. And one thing that I will say in reference to that particular situation with the uh, the Braves and the whole thing, it's very easy to helicopter in and report things, okay? Mm-hmm. It's different when you're in a clubhouse every day. Every day. That's every it. single day. And, mm-hmm. you do and when not- you need to develop trust in people for them to talk to you. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think that conversation did not have enough nuance. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, if you're just a national person, and listen, and I say that as someone who I guess I'm about two months into a national role, which is still weird because I'm not on boots on the ground, a lot more phone calls, a lot more Zooms and all that kind of stuff, which is different than what I'm accustomed to. But it is easier to helicopter in when you don't need that relationship. You can essentially burn the guy. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, did he say it? Sure, he said it. I mean, it was a silly thing to say with, with our media in there. Um, but, he, you know, it, notice who reported and who didn't, and that's all I'm going to say about that. There you go. Boom. That said, drawing on your experience as beat writer for Penn State. Um, Chris and I watched this past weekend's result of the Penn State-Ohio State game with a lot of interest, just from the standpoint that going into that game, you know, I, I had picked I had picked Penn State to win the Big Ten this year. I felt like, you know, James Franklin has been there long enough that it's time for them to start playing for and winning some significant hardware. That did not happen. So the question that Chris has is, very simply, should Penn State just be content with who they are? <laughs> uh, come on, guys. You know college football. You don't answer that question. I didn't I mean, say, are they going to be? I said, should they be? I mean, should and would are two different things. I mean, they're not <laughs> be. should they? I mean, listen, let me tell you all something. State college is a very difficult place to get to, all right? It is a, and, I, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I mean, no. it's just a, not an easy place to get to. The airport there is tiny at best, um, and you're two hours, two and a half hours from your major cities. Essentially, for those who don't know, the state of Pennsylvania is like a big old rectangle, okay, or like mm-hmm. a trapezoid or whatever, right? And you got Philadelphia that's on the east. That's pretty much an East Coast city, okay? Mm-hmm. Five hours away 
stretched across the state is the city of Pittsburgh, where I also spent a lot of time, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's the middle people. is Alabama. Right. In the middle is literally Alabama. And I will tell you, you also see as many uh, stars and bars as you will. <laughs> driving from Pittsburgh to State College or driving from Philly to State College, you will see the stars and bars as much as you will driving Anywhere. from Birmingham to Auburn, okay? Mm-hmm. And you will see a lot of other things. And depending on what your political leanings are, you kind of get what I'm saying, okay? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the billboard for that one particular person is the stars and bars. You know, but that's a whole other uh, dialogue there, if you will. But my point is, State College is surrounded by a nine-county area that is very white, no offense, but just being real, and very conservative, okay? Meanwhile, where do college, where do the best college football players typically come from? And what's Not there. Have? What? Not those types of communities. Typically speaking, I'm just saying, <laughs> some of those guys from Atlanta, some of those guys from Miami, some of those guys from L.A. and Dallas and Houston, and things look a little different in Houston than they do in State College, if you will, okay? And for James Franklin to be able to recruit athletes there, I mean, my goodness, I, I don't think people really understand. And don't get me wrong, Penn State facilities, they're up there. That stadium's a little old, but it gets rocking. Great fan support, money behind it, legendary alumni. I mean, they got a lot of what it takes. But Columbus, Ohio is a real city, like a literal state capital with a professional team there. Ann Arbor, Michigan, you're like 30, 40 minutes away from Detroit. And I hope the audience gets what I'm saying about the geographics, because all these things matter. And these are very real things that Penn State has as an issue. All right. Now, when Penn State plays, State College becomes the third largest city in the state. Okay, And that's huge. A lot of money, a lot of revenue, and they have a good old time. But I think James Franklin probably has taken them as far as they can go. It's not as far as he can take them. I think it's about their ceiling. Okay, Because, I mean, you look at the game, perfect example at Ohio State. Hey, their two best players, well, their best player, Marvin Harrison Jr., which I guess it's okay to say the name now that it's been long enough since his dad retired, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his quarterback, Kyle McCord, they were from Philly, okay, which is Penn State territory. But Ohio State was able to come in and get them two guys, okay? If Marvin Harrison Jr. plays for Penn State, Penn State wins that game against Ohio State. You get what I'm I saying? I agree with that. Absolutely. And, you look at Justin Fields when he was recruited. I mean, you go on down the line. It ain't James. James Franklin ain't the problem, dog. And, and if anybody thinks he should be on a hot seat, they're an idiot. And I don't typically like using that kind of language, but it's just real. That would be a very poor decision if anybody at Penn State wants to get rid of James Franklin. Because who else you going to get that's going to be recruited at that level there? And that you're going to be able to get. Because, again, State College – has some limitations, man. Now, it's a beautiful place once you get there, but it's not like Auburn where it's an hour 15 from the Atlanta airport. Where living in Auburn, I'm closer to Atlanta's airport than some of my friends who live in Atlanta, okay? <laughs> and I can get there easier because 85 is a straight shot, all right? Um, and Auburn is different. Like Tuscaloosa has this stuff because it's close to Birmingham. 
obviously Knoxville. Knoxville's a nice city, man. I mean, you go on down the line, like Athens, Georgia. You're near Atlanta. Also, Athens is a real city, okay? It's tough to recruit to State College. Now, again, it's a lovely place, and I enjoy living there. Made some friends I'll have for life. There's some good ice cream up there, uh, but not a lot of action, if you will. That's, I think that's some interesting insight, which is, of course, why we bring New Bias Wilburn on Main Street Sports today. But having said that, New Bias, and you said that Penn State may have gone as far as it can go. If that's the case, it's not necessarily that James Franklin should be on the hot seat, but did James Franklin miss his window to get out of Penn State? You know, that's a tough one. Um, him and Del Conte, the AD at Texas, had a relationship. And when Texas hired Sark, there were rumors that James, James was looking at that gig. There was a USC, USC gig that Lincoln Riley got. I mean, there have been rumors for a long time that Franklin's wife, Fumi, doesn't exactly love State College, which, I mean, to be fair, she's probably like one of maybe eight African-American women in the town. So, you know, other than like other coaches' wives. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying, you know, it's hard to live a place you can't get your hair done, man. Mm -hmm. um, or you got to like fly people in to do your hair, you know. But I'm just saying, like, he may have it's an interesting situation. Now, of course, look, I ain't crying for James because he make a whole lot of money now. Mm -hmm. And in Penn State will be the type of team that nine, ten wins Callum Ford pretty much every year, unless there's a catastrophe like the 2020 season during the pandemic, which everything was screwed up, right? But outside of that, James Franklin typically wins eight, nine, ten games a year. You're gonna go to a big time bowl. It's just gonna be that little bit of frustration. Now, one thing that could help Penn State is the playoff window going to 12. And mm -hmm. maybe and maybe on the years, if you stay in the East, we'll see how the division goes once USC and um, UCLA get over to the Big Ten and whomever else, once everything settles over the next year or two, maybe, hey, maybe a second place if you split Ohio State-Michigan or if they're both on your schedule. We'll see how all that looks once things shake out. Maybe things change up a little bit. Maybe Penn State gets in an easier division over the next couple of years. I mean, let's be real. Right now, the East of the Big Ten is the toughest division in football. No offense to the SEC West. No offense to, I guess, whatever divisions in last year, the Pac-12. But right now, today, can you argue that there is a tougher division in, in football than the Big Ten East, at least with their top three teams? Mm. I think it would be a tough argument to make. I'm mean, maybe Oregon, Washington, and Oregon State. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean that's close. Yeah. But that's it's it's arguable, and, and it's it, it, and you could make an argument either way. Now the Big Ten is going divisionless starting next year over the next uh, from 24 to 28. So I wonder how you know, and obviously, you know, the schedule has kind of gotten screwed up because Oregon and Washington came in late, and they're not you know they're they're not fixing that so they're just going to kind of wing it i guess <laughs> for those four years but and i said this to mo if penn state were in the west they would have won seven straight division titles. i mean and that's the problem right i mean again <laughs> and, and, and one could argue maybe you put them in the west i don't know man i mean it's, it's just, like it's, missouri in the east 
Well, and that's, again, it's one of those things where, exactly, right? Like, if you're Missouri in the East, right, and you got Florida, you got, I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, you're on the other side of the country. Yeah, and Penn State has a lot of things that work in its favor, but also work against them. They're in that tough division. And now, I will say this, Michigan might not be Michigan, but for so long, considering those, um, Mm -hmm. hey, and, and I don't think, and I don't know, I'm sure you guys probably gotten into it. Hey, those are some serious allegations. Even though, I mean, come on, guys, let's be real here. We're not virgins, okay? Like, <laughs> you know good and well that teams are doing these kind of things. It's just that they have gotten caught, and they've gotten caught in a bad way potentially. So maybe Michigan's not the same. Maybe Harbaugh gets tired of the college stuff and goes pro. Maybe he gets tired of being investigated and all that stuff. So maybe Michigan falls down. I don't see Ohio State going anywhere, though. Ryan Day. What's that? Penn State does not play Michigan the next two years. Now, they do do have Ohio State and USC and UCLA. And, you know, they got – but they don't have to play Ohio State and Michigan the next two years. Okay, just just USC, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, whatever that means. Yeah, I mean, I guess Caleb Williams won't be there, maybe. But outside of that, I don't. I mean, but but also, this is college football today, right? Mm-hmm. This is just where the game is. Big boys. This is what everybody says they want it. Everybody says they want big boy matchups every week. Well, okay, here it is. So <laughs> we'll see. I mean, listen, I think Penn State overall is a good. I think a great program, and I say James Franklin, and I think I wrote about this last week going into the Ohio State game. How he's just that one tier below, you know what I'm saying? As far as like the top coaches in football, I mean, you guys know what he did down there in Nashville, um, and he's done great at Penn State. It's just getting past that next level of finding a way to beat Ohio State in Michigan, and if they could ever do that, great for him. I just don't know if what they have there as a overall would be enough for them to do it consistently. Could they get hot one year? Sure. Um, and they had, what, I think the 2016 season where they got hot, but then they they, they beat Ohio State but didn't beat Michigan. So it's just one of those things, man. New Bias Wilburn joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and & Joint. And New Bias, you mentioned that um, the Michigan situation um, – is the Big Ten going to wait for the NCAA to deal with that, or does the Big Ten have the intestinal fortitude to deal with it themselves? Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going to say authority, but you said intestinal fortitude. Those are two different questions. I would say they have the authority mm-hmm. to. Will they use it? I don't know, man. I mean, because hey, – but even with the NCAA, like, let's be real. I mean – Michigan is a glamour program, all right? Do you want to take down a glamour program? It's easy back in the 80s to pick on SMU, or it was easy, I guess, in the 90s to pick on Miami, but mm-hmm. do, do you want to take down a legitimate glamour program, not to mention other political things that would change in the state of Michigan if Michigan struggled, right? I mean, you talk about a lot of money. And are you willing to do that to your conference and to that state and that school? I don't know. 
don't they lose a boatload of credibility if they don't? Uh, or do they care? What credibility? I mean, what, I mean, in, in, in this day and age, theoretically, real, what, what is it? I mean, and I'm not, by the way, I mean, yes, logically, you're absolutely right. But does anybody care? Hmm. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, I wish people care, but like, I don't I'm not certain people really care anymore. I, I think I think right. that we've, we've gotten to a point in the world in general where people don't trust anything, but they still keep watching. And there's no question there. And, and the future of, you know, with the future of the way college football kind of sits and, and I guess going back to the Penn State situation, the haves are getting more and more. The have-nots are getting less and less. You know, where does Penn State fall in that? First of all, late stage capitalism is a hell of a drug. Um, <laughs> but let's be real. <laughs> Penn State's still a half, man. I mean, like, they are. They're just not on the highest tier of halves. They're not on the Ohio State, Alabama, UGA. They're in the Tennessee tier right now. Would you agree with that? I'd probably put them a half a step above Tennessee. Oh, that's something. I, I'm not, I don't I mean, know about that, man. <laughs> you know I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that might be a whole other show that we could, you know, go back and look at program. I mean, that might be. I, I would say though, you basically the point. My, my point to the, the reason I say that in the bias is because I don't think Tennessee has hit its ceiling, and well, I think that I think that because of because of geographics and all the things that you mentioned in the beginning of this segment, Tennessee has can get to that next point where Penn State probably can't. Well, that's what I was saying. That's why I think we kind of see it similar. Like I yeah. think today, today, oh, okay, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but now ceiling wise, I think yeah, Tennessee ceiling's higher. But again, I mean, we're we're at this point you you're really picking at structures. Again, you're talking yeah. about teams that are that are gonna be, I think, consistently ten win ball clubs. Mm-hmm. Now again, we'll see what happens with um the it's SEC once Oklahoma and Texas come in and with the rotations and all that stuff. But I think Tennessee as far as facilities, like you said, geographics, location, I mean I think there's a level they can get to that Penn State can't. I think Penn State is about at its ceiling, but they're also very high up there, man. I mean, but hey, a 12-team playoff where you're playing these folks at neutral sites makes a big difference. Once you get to, you know, you get that home game against, let's say, you know, let's say Tennessee. And, you know, but then you get to the final four and you're playing, you know, even if you draw Ohio State or Michigan, you're playing in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- there's a difference there. I mean, it's going to be, man, these next few years are going to be weird, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's already been weird. It's just going to be weirder. Like, I, I sometimes wonder what sport are we covering and watching the NCAA? Mm. <laughs> just as a general thing. But, yeah, it is going to be I mean, But also think about that. You're adding an essential playoff game, right? With, I guess, an extra home date, which I'm sure is great for those cities. But then even that, like, hey, I know one thing. I wouldn't want to have to go up and play a football game at uh, Penn State in December. i tell you that. <laughs> or even late November, man. I remember my the COVID year when I was covering Penn State. They had to play a bonus game at the end of the Big Ten schedule. And it was, like, basically going into the week of Christmas. It was in-state college. There was no fans. And there's just snow everywhere. Cause they didn't bother to sweep the snow out of the stands. And it just literally got off the field. And that was it. And it's like just mounds of snow. 
And so can you imagine, I don't know, for the sake of conversation, let's say Georgia having to go up there and play a, a, a college football game in December or, or late November, man. Again, that's interesting to think about. That's interesting perspective. And, you know, that's that's kind of what we expected when we reached out to Mr. Wilborn. So um, as you look across the Big Ten right now, Nabas, it, it just feels like on the field it's Ohio State and everybody else, but off the field, everybody seems to have something going on yeah. except Ohio State. I mean, how have they managed to steer clear of all the off-field minefields that everybody else seems to be dealing with? Ryan Day is head coach. I mean, quite honestly, that guy just has figured out how to run that operation there, take it over for Urban Meyer, which was not easy considering – you know, there was potential sanctions and other things because, I mean, where doesn't Urban Meyer leave sanctions? Um, but you look at what Ryan Day has been able to do solidifying that program. Also, just they have great boosters and a good system. And they got people who they probably have the most synergy of any big-time program in America right now. Um, and they really have for a while. Gene Smith, the outgoing AD who doesn't get enough get enough credit, who kind of gets roasted unfairly sometimes, that program has really found a way to rein everybody in and keep everybody online, which as someone who covered Auburn for a while, uh, I know what it looks like when you don't have synergy. <laughs> yeah, when you covered Auburn, there certainly was very little synergy to be had around that program. There's no question there. So, Yeah, I mean – but, hey, you know, we'll see what happens with Hugh Freeze. Um, I think that Auburn is it. I mean, now, look, this year they're going to be bad. And he basically was kind of setting foundation for expectation. He was saying, hey, judge me by the 24, 25 classes. Okay? Well, that's not going well right now. Well, I mean, but look, As I'm sure you know <laughs> what, this, what that fan base is like. Well, I mean, and that's the hard part, right? I mean, because coming into the season, I'll tell you guys this one, right? So – a lot of guys say, oh, man, I'll settle for eight or nine wins this year, you know. But I'm like, settle for eight or nine wins. If he, I'm like, if he wins eight or nine games this year, you better uh, make a statue. Celebrate. Right. Not settle. Right. They're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll take eight or nine. Like, oh, yeah, we'll beat the Mississippi schools. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, How's like, that going for you? I mean, but and here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Listen, if you avoid the Birmingham Bowl, you have done something. I mean, look, at this point, getting to the Birmingham Bowl would actually be <laughs> an achievement considering where Auburn is, right? I mean, but look, man, they weren't going to be good this year. I don't Anybody who thought they were going to be good is delusional. They tried to piecemeal an offensive line, taking guys from Tulsa and Western Kentucky. Well, that ain't the SEC, okay? And you got offensive linemen from like three or four different places trying to learn the system. Oh, by the way, your starting quarterback didn't go to spring ball. Come on, man. And even with the conferences down, it's still the SEC, dog. What, like, what you thought was going to happen, man? I mean, I get the Jordan Hair magic and all that, and it's great, but eventually your players are on the field, and the other team has some pretty good ones. And right now, Auburn just doesn't have it. I think that Hugh Freeze can potentially get them there. 
if he stays out of his own way, which so far he's been good. You know what I'm saying? But we'll see how it goes. And if Auburn fans can stay patient. Because, I mean, they're not going to be good this year. Probably not next year. At best, maybe year three, they might be approaching good. They got to find a quarterback, man. Hey, man, you know, they only they only make so many of them, man. They don't grow them on trees, even with the transfer portal, you know. Um, Just look at Peyton Thorne. Well, hey, they got him out of the portal. Look what happened, right? Exactly. I mean, look what's happening. I mean, it's not easy, man. It, it's I, You guys know this, but winning is hard. And winning <laughs> takes foundation, and winning takes structure, and winning takes synergy, and not firing the coach just because things get bad one season. But Auburn has tried to work this thing with duct tape, and they've tried to, like, piece it together for all these years. And I think it's probably in their best interest to hit rock bottom. They need to feel it a little bit. Mm. And maybe they get it together and realize, work together. That's what I would like to see them do. But if not, they'll just be Auburn. And, well, you know. Oh, and four right now in conference play. Of course, those four losses to at Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss. It's not like they've had an easy road. Yeah. In by the way, this is the first time since the early '50s that Ole Miss beat Auburn in consecutive years. That's wild, but that just goes to show you the state of each of those programs historically and today. Yeah. Nabias, we appreciate you taking some time with us, man. Looking forward to, to talking with you again soon. Always a pleasure. Hey, thank y'all for having me, man. Y'all be good. Thanks, Nabias. We'll catch up, man. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, a little baseball talk. We will give you our prediction on the World Series before we get to the Titans at the top of the hour. So stick around. Main Street Sports today is presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back in a moment. <laughs> Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. 
And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this Friday edition. World Series starts tonight, and very simple. Texas and Arizona will go at it tonight and tomorrow in Arlington. And... Should be an interesting set of set of games in Arlington, though. You mean before it goes to Phoenix, basically? Is yeah, the, these two, these two here in Arlington at Globe Life. You know, Arizona lost the first two in Philadelphia. Obviously, they don't want to have to replicate the what did they the answer backs. <laughs> They don't have to replicate that if they can help it. So they feel like they need to split at Globe Life, I would assume. Well, it's interesting um, because Arizona dropped the first two at Philadelphia. Meanwhile, in the on the American League side, the home team did not win a game in the ALCS. That's that's so, right. So just for whatever that's worth. I think that's worth something. Yeah, let's see. Um, very you know, right now, the odds say that the Rangers are the favorite. Obviously, Bruce Bochy has guided world championship teams. College Grove resident Bruce Bochy. We're gonna have to keep. Just, that's just how it goes. <laughs> I. I want to look at the pitching matchups, and it's so funny. So Gallon mm -hmm. and Ivaldi will go tonight in game one. Merrill Kelly for Arizona tomorrow against Undecided. Maybe it depends on how tonight goes. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. So... Let me give you some tips. Give me some tips. In your picks. <laughs> in 2001, Randy Johnson threw a pitch that hit a bird. In 2023, Zach Gallon threw a pitch that hit a bird. <laughs> All of the dates of the World Series games in, 20, in 2001 are the same. As in 2023. The All-Star Game was in Seattle in both 2001 and 2023. Goodness. And George W. Bush threw out the first pitch in 2001 and will throw out tonight's first pitch in 2023. 
and the Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Milwaukee Brewers this year. <laughs> if they do not win the World Series, it will be one of the greatest upsets in the history of, uh, of baseball. <laughs> Based on everything else that Based lines up. Based on all of the dumb stuff that doesn't make sense. But lines up in their favor. But lines up in their favor. Just seems like it's, a, it's, it's Diamondbacks to lose, Mo. Well, I tell you, the way, the way Texas swung the bat, particularly in that game seven against the Astros, Whatever dumb stuff lines up in Arizona's favor, they're going to need it. They're going to have to pitch. I think Texas has a little bit more punch at the risk of repeating myself from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Talking about another team that seemed like they had more punch than and, anybody else. And that's the thing is, you know, obviously you, you've got a hit to win in this in this iteration of baseball and they've got a Dallas Garcia, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, uh, all-star catcher Jonah Heim, Jonah Heim. I don't know, I just I feel like the depth of this Rangers offense is just it's a lot. Now, the Diamondbacks for the first half of the season were the best team in baseball. Now they 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 certainly dropped off Ended up being the sixth seed. That being said, they've played the end of the season, much like they played the beginning of the season. And it, it's really hard to, to vote against, you know, guys who are capable of pitching as well as they're capable of pitching. They throw some arms at you. Starting with that gallon tonight. So, I mean, does great pitching beat great hitting? Typically. Depending on your mindset going into, you know, going into the game. So, you know, and, and, and does Corbin Carroll, you know, does, he, does the moment get too big for the rookie? Hadn't yet. It ain't the World Series yet. I don't know. I feel like by this point you've played enough baseball over the course of this season that, and I don't want to see the, say the World Series is just another game, but, I mean, once you get out there between the lines, there's no more people in the park than there have been for any other game that you've played in. What's going on on TV is what's going on on TV. You don't know anything about it. I mean, I would love to know a player's perspective on that, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know that the moment really gets bigger when you're between the lines at that point. And as we sit here, you know, on October 27th, I don't know. I mean, they just won two games in Philadelphia. If this is going to be too big, I'd just be a little shocked. Braves and Atlanta Braves and Nashville sounds legend. Jace Peterson has been added to the World Series roster for the Diamondbacks. So a little depth there. Brother of. Jock. But. wonder if he's bringing beads. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, Arizona or 
Texas I'm in how many games? Rangers in six. Give me the D-backs in seven. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Terry McCormick, top of the hour, Titans report right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. Stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Top of the hour, Titans report with Terry McCormick. Terry, what's up? Well, I think uh, we got half the news that we expected uh, from Mike Brabel today at his uh, Friday press conference. Ryan Tannehill out for this game with an ankle injury. I think we all expected that high ankle sprain that he suffered against the Baltimore Ravens in London uh, didn't come around, but uh He's still sticking to the two-quarterback story and has not announced which one will be a starter on Sunday, although I'm believing and start, I'm very much leaning to the fact that it's going to be Will Levis uh, probably under center at the outset of the game or at least getting the bulk of the, of the snaps on Sunday. How funny would, the, would it be if they come out Wildcat or King Cat to open the game? <laughs> it would be so brable if they did that. <laughs> that would be one of the most brable things ever would be to come out with Derrick Henry in the Wildcat to start the game. Starting quarterback. And, starting quarterback. and he get the uh, the listing as the starting quarterback. Now, that said, that brings up a legitimate question. How much will they use Derrick Henry on Sunday? Common sense and logic says you'd want to wear him out, you know, put it, let him get, this is a Derrick Henry 20 plus carry game because you're starting an inexperienced quarterback, no matter which way you go. But with all that's going on and all the rumors swirling around about possible trades here or there, uh, if Derrick Henry doesn't get a lot of carries on Sunday, then that will give you a clue that something might be up. I was, as you started on that conversation, that they kind of got me going in that direction as well. If if his carries are limited, are they protecting him for his next team? Possible. It would certainly think I would certainly lean that way in terms of 
you know, because you don't have any reason not to use Derrick Henry. Particularly this in this is, game, like you said. This is set up to be a Derrick Henry game through and through because do you really want Malik Willis or Will Levis throwing the ball 35 times on Sunday? I don't think that you do. So if well, you're not, if you're going to try and control the clock and run the football and stay in third and manageable to help your rookie quarterback and your second-year quarterback, then it makes sense that Derrick Henry should see a lot of a lot of snaps and a lot of carries. Not that you wouldn't use Tajay Spears for his share of the load too, because he's proven to be in the short time that he's been here a pretty decent weapon out of the backfield, both as a runner and a pass catcher. So I think what you probably, you know, if you're if you're not going to use Derrick Henry on Sunday and he's not your guy, uh, that's going to be the the lead guy in the backfield, then I think that would alert everybody that something is up. I would just hate to see Tajay Spears get 12, 14 carries and catch five or six passes. It would break my heart, really. I mean, I, you know, if, if, he, if he happened to score 15, 16, 20 fa- fantasy points, I, you know, it would just it'd just be tough. It'd be tough to watch, except that, oh, wait, no, it wouldn't because he's on my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of saw this coming, so yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a this is an interesting week, obviously with Arthur Smith coming back and all of the things that go with that, and so it's it's going to be, of course, Oilers weekend and, and and alumni weekend. It's just going to be an interesting weekend and in total, Terry. So what what to, what do you expect to see at thirty thousand foot view? Well, I think it's going to be fun, like you said, to see the Oilers uh, uniform, this particular design that they wore for nearly two decades. Uh, They last wore those in 1998. And, Mo, you might remember this. You might as well, Chris. They were playing at Vanderbilt the day after Christmas against the Minnesota Vikings. Randy Moss put a nice cap on a rookie year by just going off in the game. Do you remember that? Is that the one where they were – Shoveling snow out of the stands at Vanderbilt. Absolutely, it game. was. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it was. Yeah, fun times. So, been a while since those uniforms have been out of the mothballs. No question, Terry. Tell us about Zen Sports. Gladly, Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee that is revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money. Now you're rewarded with it too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with the code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% back cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, you can earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low-deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 
1-855-844-0445. It's the biggest racing show of the year, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Six fast-paced divisions of racing on the quarter-mile Friday night. Pole qualifying in three big feature events Saturday night. And the Curb Records Big Machine Vodka Spike Coolers All-American 400 on Sunday afternoon. Racing starts at 6.30 Friday, 5 o'clock Saturday, and 1 o'clock Sunday. Tickets available at NationalFairgroundSpeedway.Racing or at the gate on race day. It's the 39th All-American 400 weekend, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th. Get your tickets now. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Young, Maurice Patton here on this Friday. Typically, Thursday, we get some we get our prep stuff kind of out of the way, but Mo, today, some pretty big news in high school sports that you just got confirmation of. Yeah, TSSAA Executive Director Mark Reeves confirmed that Lipscomb Academy will, on Monday, appeal a two-year postseason ban uh, that has been handed down. Um, we are not sure what prompted the ban. We're not sure about a whole lot of stuff, but we do know that an appeal has been scheduled for Monday by Lipscomb with the um, TWSWA Board of Control. So that's well, they were already well, we, on probation. They were already on probation, and apparently something else took place since. Some some type of recruiting violation. Yeah. So. But again, um, Mark Reeves did confirm that there will be an appeal taking place on Monday with well, regards to it. But as of, as, of, as of right now, Lipscomb's season ends tonight against Macaulay. And the playoff bracket will be adjusted accordingly. Is is nuts on that side. So because every, everybody makes it in AAA, so mm -hmm. uh, that's you know they were going they were going to get in because everybody does, but uh, apparently not this time. All right, so let's talk a little more Titans as we have Teresa Walker, the Associated Press, joining us. T, what's up? Oh, it's just, it's never boring this time of year, right? I mean, and, uh, I mean, Tannehill's out for Sunday, and we still don't know. Mike Vrabel's not saying if it's going to be rookie Will Levis starting in his spot or Malik Willis, just that both will play, and he's excited to see both of them play. Now, thanks to my colleague Josh Dubow, I know that if it's Will Levis who starts, Guys, it would be the it, he'd be the seventh rookie to start a game this season, and that would be the most rookies to start within the first eight weeks of a season. Sorry, my cat is trying to knock over my new ring light as I try to bring some true illumination to the situation here in my uh, office cave. And uh, so, you know, we might be on the verge of some history here on Sunday, and I think there's a group of people who want to see Will Levis play because, well, here's here's what's Here's the thing that goes against uh, Malik Willis. The GM that, that drafted him last year, gone. he gone. John Robinson was fired in December. The, the, the GM that took Will Levis traded up to number 33 in April to make him their pick. So, I mean, you know, 
you can read the tea leaves. Sorry, Mike, but it sure seems like they're going to go with uh, Will Levis at this point. Did you say Will Levis would be the seventh, seventh rookie yeah. to play or to start? To start in the first eight games of a season. Let me double check this from, from, from Josh. Uh, yeah, it would mark the most rookie quarterbacks at seven to start in the first eight weeks since the NFL merger. Now, that obviously does not include the replacement season in 1987. Uh, right now, uh, we've got shoot, Will Levis would be the third to start, third rookie to start in the AFC South alone, guys. I mean, Anthony Richardson, even though he's out for the rest of the season, he started with the Colts, C.J. Stroud with Houston. He would be, he'd be joining Bryce Young, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and yes, I had to look up that name, uh, Aiden O'Connell and Tyson Badgett uh, as the other rookie starters. Now, Clayton Toon is the only other rookie quarterback to throw a pass this season. So, yeah, uh, it, it could be very interesting, it, huh, right? We just got done speaking with Terry McCormick on his daily top of the hour Titans update. And I just threw it out there that it would be so Titan, so Mike Vrabel, if the Titans open in the King Cat with Derrick Henry at quarterback. Uh, well, as Arthur Smith knows only too well, because, uh, you know, this is a team that's desperate to win. They've lost two straight. They're two and four. Eleven of the last 13 are losses. And trust me, Arthur Smith is prepared for any and everything. He literally told uh, reporters in Atlanta on uh, Wednesday that he could take a reporter from the audience and put him at quarterback and still be a competitive team. So and. and you know, think back to 2018, Mike Vrabel's second game. They'd had the longest game in NFL history, a loss in, in Miami. You know, Mariota got hurt. Taylor Lewan was hurt. De, uh, Delaney Walker was hurt. And what did we see him pull out there? We saw the King Cat for the first time with Derrick Henry. We also saw uh, Kevin Byard, uh, now in Philly, throw a touchdown pass as the personal protector on a punt on a fake punt to Dane Crookshank, who is back on the roster. Uh, so it's like this is, you know, Art Smith knows better than anybody to be prepared for any and all that could come out of Mike Vrabel's brain uh, with having a bye week to prepare. And let's not forget, Mike Vrabel in his first five seasons is 5-0 and coming off of a bye. Yes, he is. And... Could this and this that was exactly what my question was going. Could this be the time? Could this be the the week? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, for, for for all that we've talked about in this off season, I mean, there's the people that were wanting Ryan Tannehill traded away. There were the people that wanted to see Will Levis. There are the people that wanted to see Malik Willis. Well, guess what? In the span of, what, three weeks, you're going to get all of that. You're going to have a chance to see Will Levis, Malik Willis. You saw him finish up in London. You know, he had five drop back, five pass attempts, completed four, but he also was sacked four times on five drop backs. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to do the math on that one. Um, and, you know, the one area that Mike Rabel said he wanted to see Malik Willis grow the most was in knowing game down and distance situations. So, you know, if it's third and seven and you're, you know, if you need four yards to get in field goal range, make sure you get four yards. Well, I, you know, what did he, what, what, what do we see him do? when they were near the goal line in a one-score game. He ran east-west. He didn't run north-south. I mean, guys, uh, I know I've been, I, I've been watching football for a while, but even if I were a rookie, 
the goal is the goal getting in the end zone is the goal for an offensive player. And the fact that that self-awareness was lacking and he just started running around, it, it, it felt, you know, no offense, Malik, but it just feels like there's too many bad habits from playing at Liberty where he was allowed to do just about anything and run around and make a play. You got to know the time left in the game. You got to know the location where you're at, the down, the distance. Those are important things. And guess what? Will Levis may not be any better, but for everybody that's been, you know, pumping the, you know, ready to see the Will Levis train get, you know, roll out of the station, I'm I'm thinking Sunday is going to be your chance. My bigger question again, and again, we just discussed this a little bit with Terry McCormick of the Titan Insider. Um, Is this Derrick Henry's last game as a Titan? I tell you, and as somebody who, you know, let's not forget, uh, I've covered this team since it moved to the state, saw Eddie George finish his career in a Dallas jersey. Chris Johnson was an Arizona jersey, I think, was his last team. Uh, I mean, Steve McNair, for goodness sakes, was traded to the Baltimore Ravens, and that seems to be the team that with the most smoke coming around Derrick Henry. Now, I also have heard from fans, it's like, well, I'm not renewing my tickets if that's the case. Well, this isn't the first time this team has had to rebuild. And, you know, and and, and I've used this phrase, you know, we were, they were hoping it it seemed like with the moves they made this offseason, trying to make that a NASCAR pit stop. Well, uh, I, I've been using this phrase the last day. It, it looks like they're pulling into the garage potentially. And if and that's so enjoy Sunday. It very well could be Derrick Henry's last day in a in a Titans uniform in Nissan Stadium. So uh, it, it's painful. It hurts. Trust me, I know. I mean, for us reporters, you know, we talked to these guys. We've talked to Derrick since he was drafted with the 45th pick overall in 2016. He is a player that I think is on a trajectory uh, to, to potentially reach the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's the eighth guy to run for at least 2,000 yards. He was the AP NFL Offensive Player of the Year in 2020 when he did that. Three-time Pro Bowler. I mean, you know, he was leading the league and on target to be the first running back to lead the league in rushing for three straight seasons since Emmett Smith in the early 90s for Dallas when he broke his foot on Halloween in, Indi- in Indianapolis in 21. So it's like, uh, you know, watching him, anytime he gets the ball and gets a little bit of space, you, you kind of hold your breath and think, wait a minute, could he go all the way again? Because that 99-yarder we saw him do against Jacksonville. So uh, enjoy it. We don't know. But then I'll remind all of us, not, tomorrow's not promised for anybody. No, it's not. And, and so I guess with – with the idea that maybe Derrick Henry is traded, let's say he is. Let's say Derrick Henry's traded Tajay Spears and Julius Chestnut and whoever else is the, the running back by committee or whatever. Obviously, with Kevin Byard gone, you've still got the, the nucleus of the front seven. You've still got a pretty good defense. You know, maybe your rookie quarterback works out. If, you know, is this. Is this more likely to be a competitive rebuild like we saw with the Predators or a burn it to the ground and, you know, hopefully by the time you open the new stadium, you've got a decent team? 
I, hey, they've got Jeffrey Simmons. They've got pieces, okay? They've got a lot of young pieces. I mean, Peter Skaronsky is a rookie at left guard, and that's a guy that they truly believe that can be a, a you know a ten-year starter in this league. Uh, Nicholas Petit Freer will be at left tackle on Sunday, and he's in his second season. So they, and, and next year they right now Spot Rack has them at uh, number two most salary cap space next year. So uh, you know, the, you know, eight picks, hundred million dollars. I know it, it's it's a ton of money, and now you got to spend it right. And, you know, that's the challenge is trying to figure out how to do all that. Uh, and, and that challenge is on Rand Carlson and Mike Vrabel to get this thing done and done the right way. So uh, I, I, I'm, let, let's put it this way. It's the NFL. If you make the right decisions, then you can come back in a hurry. OK. And if you I mean, make the wrong decisions, you can wander in the wilderness forever. Uh, hey. Uh, example, Jacksonville, okay? And how many years uh, did uh, Indianapolis, you know, I mean, this was like the second Arizona. Grade. Arizona. I mean, it's easy to, you know, you, and this is the problem. The Titans are paying the price for the, you know, for the mistakes and the bad draft picks, the bad free agent signings uh, made by John Robinson. You know, love John. He's a great guy, but, you know, it, it feels like after the Jeffrey Simmons pick, coming off of the ACL, that they got so lucky with that, that suddenly he started going all out for value picks. I mean, Caleb Farley, you know, he spoke to us briefly Wednesday. He's still waiting to, you know, after his back surgery to get certain muscles firing in his legs. I mean, you know, so I don't expect to see him at all this year, okay? Uh, you know, bad pick. Dylan Radens is not a starter. He was a second rounder. Christian Fulton is in a contract year. He was a third round, I think a third round pick, but he was a high draft pick out of LSU, should be starting. And, you know, he's struggling. This is a guy you would think would be earning his next contract, if not from Tennessee, from somebody else, a guy you would want to earn a next contract with this franchise. And that's not happening. So that's the challenge right now for this franchise and you know they, they, they've got a you know we saw a lot of injured players you know let go this offseason to clear some cap space to help them start rebuilding but uh you know and that's why they made the move with with, with kevin byard as painful as that was they added two draft picks now they still don't have a third rounder because why well because they traded away, you know, they traded that away to move up to get Will Levis. I just think you have to be careful with rebuilds because you don't control how quickly or how short the rebuild is. You know, nobody's oh, waiting on you to come back to the top of the AFC South. Oh, are you kidding? I mean, hello, uh, D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen in uh, Houston and Indianapolis. They're trying to rebuild as fast as they possibly can. And guys, let's be honest, uh, you know, Jacksonville's got Trevor Lawrence and they've got, you know, Doug Peterson's in his second year. They're certainly not going to wait for anybody. So, you know, you have to be ready to giddy up and go. Uh, it's the NFL. Nobody is going to cry tears for you. They're just going to try and pick over your bones, which is why, you know, my colleague Rob Motti yesterday talked uh, about, you know, he, he led his potential trade deadline story with, uh, you know, number 22. Just saying. That's the problem. 
because number 22 may or may not be here to help you through that. Well, and and here's the problem. I mean, I, we all love Derek, and, and I, I just went over all the reasons why I think he's got a potential future as the, you know, uh, as a Hall of Famer, depending on how he finishes his career. But uh, God love him, he turns 30 in January. And in the NFL, uh, you know, let's face it, they, they think, you know, we'll just go draft another guy and put him in that spot and we'll be fine. And that's the challenge these days. And that's what running backs like Derrick Henry are fighting. And, you know, that's why it, it, it's been, it was so tough this offseason for Saquon Barkley and some of these other guys to get the contracts they felt they deserved. Uh, that's it, man. And, 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 you know, I feel like this team has an opportunity to – to be competitive as early as next year. Now, obviously that hinges on what Will Levis is capable of doing and or, or Malik Willis, depending on who plays best, you know, maybe this weekend. And, you know, I, but this offensive line, man, <laughs> it's, it, it, it just keeps, it keeps, you know, revolving and there, there's just a revolving door that continues. And apparently Peter Skaronsky just is, they refuse to play him at left tackle for whatever reason. I, I can't figure it out. But, you know, what if what if Will Levis or Malik Willis get hurt behind this thing? Then well, well, I'm, there's a phrase out there, but here's the, the reason they like him at left guard is arm length, okay? And Who I'm cares? I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. That, that is an argument that I refuse to believe until you show it to me on the thick. If you, if you think that he is worse because of his potential arm length issues than what we've put out there the last six weeks, then I got some land in Arizona to sell you. Well, calm down, Chris. I mean, not, did, did you forget that MPF actually started his final season at Ohio State at left tackle? That's uh, great. He thinks that's his more comfortable spot. And the things that we're going against and the reason we only saw him for, you know, ha you know, part of the Baltimore game at left tackle is because he was suspended for the first four games, okay, of the season because of the gambling prop issue. So now he's had a couple of weeks to practice at left tackle, build some more, you know, rapport with uh, Skaronsky, the communication, the chemistry, and maybe this is a combination that helps click some things into place. So we're, we're going to have to wait and see. Stay tuned. But, I'm fine know, with that. But the fact that they refused to play him the first six weeks of the season out there and instead put what they put out there is absolutely ridiculous because his arms are too short, allegedly. That's that's insanity. But, you know, I, maybe they plan on playing Petit Friere long term, and that's why they did it. I don't know. Well, they signed Dillard to a three-year deal, and yes, they can get out of it way sooner than that, so don't panic, people. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Andre Dillard was the first-round pick, okay? Uh, you guys know this just as well as I do, that all coaches think that they can be the ones to, to fine-tune and bring out the talent that they see. You know, they, they see the measurables, and they think it's there. And then at a certain point, you just have to, and, and when Ryan Tannehill got hurt, I think that was the moment they said, okay, we're done with this. We're moving on. And could each of these quarterbacks get hurt? Yes. I mean, it's the NFL. And, you know, but I'm going to say this. 
and maybe it's because I'm an optimist, and maybe it's because I'm just hoping this season can bounce back. But this team was seven and three a year ago and went Wiley Coyote off the cliff. Jacksonville Jaguars started off poorly last year, and things started clicking for them, and they won the division. This team still has five divisional games left, and we'll see where they go from here. But, uh, you know, I'll just say this. Let's see what what happens by the trade deadline on Tuesday afternoon. That's 3 o'clock Central Time, folks. So, you know, enjoy Sunday, and we'll see what happens. There's going to be over about 170 former Oilers and Titans on hand for this reunion alumni weekend. And uh, they're going to be wearing the Houston Oilers throwbacks. So let's find what we can to enjoy and look ahead. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Teresa, as we continue to discuss the quarterback situation specifically, is there anyone behind Levis and Willis, Willis and Levis? Uh, Mo, have you forgotten that this is the first year with the change on the rule where they can keep that third quarterback as the emergency guy active yeah, on and dressed up? There, I mean, you know, this is for, for, for years, the NFL just had two quarterbacks on the roster. Maybe you'd stash one on the practice squad. So uh, if, if, if Tannehill, I mean, here's the thing. Tannehill needed about two weeks or so when he hurt his ankle last year to come back. He had the bye week he'll have this week. So maybe they're wanting him back against Pittsburgh next Thursday night or the game after that. But, you know, for the moment, they still have three quarterbacks. So in other words, let's panic and worry about that when we need to. God knows we've got enough to deal with at the moment. Well, that is true. That is true. Thank you. I was well, let's, say. Just hope, let's hope we don't have to find out who the emergency is. Mm-hmm. I know who it is. 22. It used to be uh, Kevin Byard. And, but, hey, Derek has got so many uh, passes. I mean, why not him? Hey, he, he, he can get back there and throw it. He can it. do worse. Yeah. <laughs> who knows, man? Teresa, it's always fun. Always exciting when we have you on. Great discussion. It never fails, and we appreciate all that you bring to the table, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. And I don't get a shout out for upgrading my light so that it doesn't look like I'm look, to you from a, clo- a cave. I'm gonna have to come and check out your setup. Yeah, we we need we need to yeah. we need to take notes. Absolutely. So um, yeah, you hey, I've been walk us through some stuff. I've I've been compiling all this stuff, but I can send you the link to this ring light. I'm just there. Uh, we go. There we go. All right. Amazon, Sounds good. baby. Oh, there you go. Teresa, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. When we come back, college football pick them. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint, is back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Pick'em, college pick'em here as we get ready to pick against the spread. Ten of the most intriguing slash biggest games of the week in college football. Mo, how'd we do last week? Um, You and Justin were each four and six. That's correct. Five and six, counting the... Hey, we got the bonus. The bonus. I was three and seven. Three and eight. Counting the bonus because I took USC mm. minus seven. Well, for those of you who didn't get to see the end of the show, we we did pick the bonus game, but remember the show cut off. That's right <laughs> during that pick. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. that's okay. We're here now, and we now know four and six, man. You can just uh, the death taxes and me going four and six. <laughs> That's just so what yeah, it is. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Oh, so do you know? Hmm? Do you know the overall? I do not know the overall. I will try to get the overall we'll get tabulated it. and have it for next weekend. We'll get that. So. All right. Well, we've got 10 games. Here we go. We start in the Atlantic Coast Conference on ABC at 11 a.m., number four in the country, Florida State. Traveling 
to take on the demon deacons of Wake Forest. The line is 20 and one half points in favor of the Seminoles. Justin. Um, 21 and a half, you said? 20 and one oh, half. 20. Okay, that changes everything. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's do uh, Simon. I'll go. I'll go FSU with this for this one. All right. Florida State to cover three touchdowns against Wake. Um, Sam Hartman ain't walking through that door. I like the Seminoles in this one. Give me the Demon Deacons. Okay. Jordan Travis is going to make you regret that. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> All right. Also 11 a.m. This one is Central Time, so it will be 11 a.m. kick. It will not be a noon <laughs> kick like that one will be. <laughs> this one's on Fox. Oh, wait a minute. This one's at 11? Well, so that's a 10. It, no, this is 11 hour time, which means it's, 11, it's also 11 okay, I got their you. time. Right. The other one will be noon, mm -hmm. their time, 11, our time. Oklahoma is at Kansas. The 5-2 and two Jayhawks welcome in the Sooners. And Oklahoma, only 10.5 points favored on the road. See this one on Fox. Oh, only 11.5, you said? 10.5. What is wrong with me? I'm like one off. Why do you want to put that extra point I don't in? know. Uh, a extra work. Well, juice... Uh, that's crazy though, isn't that a very low? That's low. Feels like. I think it's. I think it's showing some respect for Kansas. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna go Oklahoma because I think that line is a little too low. I tend to agree with you, J.K. Um, I'm trying to. So Jalen Daniels again out or not? I, is he not playing? He has not played since September 23rd, but they have him listed as active on. Maybe he's the emergency Pete, quarterback. Pete Thamel says that Jason Bean will start against Oklahoma. Daniel's still dealing with those back issues. So now at this point, kind of like Utah, right? Where your mm -hmm. backup might as well just be your starter, your starter at this point because Jalen has missed so much time. It's interesting. Um, Bean has thrown for 913 yards, nine touchdowns, and two interceptions on the year. Dylan Gabriel had a tough week last week, and, and, and I, won, I ended up winning this game. Uh, by taking UCF over you over Oklahoma last week, I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm going to give give me the Sooners. If Jalen Daniels were playing and he were you know had been healthy and you know were were were, but I just that was a lot to say. OU. it was. Well, I mean, I was I, I, thought I was I was I was making my process out loud. You were Ed Sheeran thinking out loud. Yeah, it wasn't. No, it, yeah. I mean, look, I, I haven't researched these ahead of time. I'm researching them as we do them. So, I mean, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm gonna do any research at all, I'm gonna. You guys have to hear it. I hear that. I feel that. 
Oh, man. CBS 230, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. The, probably the world's largest cocktail party, period. Indoors or Indoor out. Indoor or out. So, <laughs> Georgia, Florida in Jacksonville for, is it, this is the last time, at least for a, I believe so, because they start work on. Next year, they'll go home and home mm-hmm. for the next two years, and then we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Number one Bulldogs are 14 and a half point favorites. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to. I'm gonna be a little lame and just go and go Georgia. Uh, I just can't. I don't like Florida, obviously, so it's just hard for me. And yes, I know I shouldn't use emotion while picking these, but I just don't see them showing up and taking care of business. I just don't know that Florida can play well enough to stay within 15 points of Georgia. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's the basis for me taking Georgia to cover 14 and a half. I mean, I feel like that is a a legitimate thought. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why why Florida should be in this game. But you feel like they will. But I feel like they very well could be. Uh, I think the biggest thing is still very simply that Mike Bobo is the offensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs. They're not at home, and they've struggled mightily. And they don't have Brock Bowers. They don't have Brock Bowers. If this tells you anything, 14 may be the the perfect number in this one because, I mean, it's 50-50 on ESPN, so 50% of the public are, Mm -hmm. are, are right on it. The line has not moved. It's still 14. So 14 seems like the perfect number, which means you're kind of screwed either way. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Florida just because without Brock Bowers, who knows? I'm, I'm not as concerned looking at this number. I'm, I'm not as concerned with Georgia's ability to score or not as I am with Florida's ability to score or not. Reed, per, Reed Persall exists. Ricky. Sorry. Reed, who is Reed? I have no idea. Ricky Pearsall. He does exist, and he is a heck of a receiver. This, I think that might be a high school player. Don't know. A Reed. <laughs> so, but yes. He played for Lincoln County. I think so. I think he does. I think so. Because I, I heard his name last night, night when I was yeah. watching the ball game, yeah. and I think that's where my head was. So Reed does exist. He just, just is in not, just not for He's Florida. not going to play tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> but, yeah, I just – give me the Gators, man. I don't know. I just feel – I feel I feel good about that. All right. 2.30 on the ABC, it's BYU at – the Texas Longhorns, number seven, Texas, comes in the 17-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, by the way, Quinn Ewers is out. Tell me that again. 17-and-a-half in favor of the Longhorns. Against who? I'm sorry. BYU. BYU at Texas? Mm-hmm. And Texas is 17-and-a-half-point favorite? They are behind backup quarterback Malik Murphy. Oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. 
written all over it. I yes, feel like. give me the Longhorns in this one. Oh, I'm, I'm going BYU. Yeah. I think I'll win it outright. BYU is bad, Justin. Outright? No, yeah. Oh, yeah. BYU. College football's weird. It is. That, they lost 44 to 11 to TCU. 11 again. Not only do while, I actually. It has been a while, but yeah. It's, so you were taking Texas? 17 and a half, man, with a quarterback I don't know and don't trust. I'm going to take Texas, but I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I think. I mean, you remember we talked to um, Eric Henry about Malik. He said, yeah, but still, I don't know. Legit. I think I think all their quarterbacks are legit, and and they've got Steve Sarkeesian drawing up the plays. So there's that. And you've got A.D. Mitchell out there on the other end too. So, yeah. All right. Justin has BYU. We have Texas. Okay. All right. 2.30 on Fox. <clears throat> this may be the game of the week. Number eight, Oregon. At number 13, I'm sorry, did you say Utes? <laughs> and here it is, Mo, just for you. Mm -hmm. The home dog. Six and a half points in favor of the visiting Ducks. Six and a half, huh? Oh, man. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, dang. I didn't, that's crazy that the Ducks put up 81 points against a team their first game. 81 to 7, Jesus. Uh, okay, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Utes uh, for sure. I think I've been riding with them all year. Well, I did not ride with them last week and paid the price. I think Oregon wins this game. I think Utah covers. I think Oregon wins by a touchdown at least. So give me the Ducks. The Ducks. And again, I'm, I've been riding with Bo Nix. And Bo has had a heck of a season. I mean, this guy is 78.4% completion rate, over 2,000 yards, 19 tutties, one pick. Don't, don't, don't say that. How I mean, yeah, don't is, use that word. What year is he in? He is his ninth. I swear He's not even a sixth year senior. He's a fifth year senior. Really? And the only reason he has the fifth year is because of COVID. So okay. just y'all calm down. Can, 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 can we not can we make this a tutty free zone though? I don't know. <laughs> I heard Marshawn Lynch call him tugs and I love that. Uh, okay, I mean that. you're you're shortening the you're shortening the word with tuds. I mean, that's fine. But tutties, touchdowns, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Stop yeah. It. Thanks. It means they don't have to say, shh. <laughs> Wouldn't want you to work too hard at talking. Thank you. <laughs> we do it enough. Thank you. Let's take a break, Justin. We've got five more games to go. So give us a little bit of time to take a drink, do a little research, and come back on the other side with more picks right after this. <laughs> Thank you. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I'm like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. You got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. Oh, I the radio, too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So, And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach? Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving... You gotta love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone... with more picks here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Let's see here. We had, First of all, did have y'all seen the, the, the UCLA throwbacks for this weekend? Hmm. I'm not. Oh, they're fine. Little powder blue. They look like they look like Ole Miss, they but they have like the but they have those UCLA numbers, mm -hmm. which I think are some of the coolest, you know, the number the font. font. Yeah, that number font is one of the coolest, and so it just it's 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 pretty fire. <laughs> it's yeah, tough. Is. It's tough for UCLA to not have a good uniform. It really is hard. For, yes, there it is. It is really hard for UCLA to have a bad uniform. Absolutely, yeah. it is. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. 
Let's get into the last half of this. Tulane, number 22, Green Wave, are at Rice. <laughs> Three o'clock. Hold up, hold up. On hold ESPN2. Tulane at Rice. At Rice. 27 and a half. Hey, man, Rice is not bad. What's the number? The number is 11 and a half. Oh, God. In favor, for Rice? No. no. JT Daniels, man, got him rolling. 28-year-old JT Daniels. You want to talk about a guy who's in his 47th year, mm. that's him. I still think Tulane covers the 12 or 11 and a half. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I agree with that. Which means that Rice will win the game. <laughs> yeah, they're watching back home. Yeah, that's typically the way it works. <laughs> Uh, Air Force, number 19, Falcons, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. Air Force has the 132nd out of 133 teams ranked schedule in the country. <laughs> What's Air Force and who? I'm sorry. Air Force is an 11.5 point favorite on the road-ish. At Colorado State. Air Force. I mean, technically it's on the road, but it's basically the same place. Okay. How much is Arizona favorite? Eleven. Air, no, Air Force. Air Eleven Air and a half. Not Arizona. Yeah. Although. Similar, kind of. Arizona. At, Air Force is an 11 and a half point favorite at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty short trip. Colorado Springs to Fort Collins. Yeah, it's so, not far. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the same exact thing. <laughs> So, mm. it's on CBS Sports Network if you want to watch it at 6 o'clock. I've got the Rams. You know what? I'm kind of leaning in that direction as well. I think I think Colorado State kind of showed me something against Colorado. And I, now, obviously, they had something to play for, whether it was well, real also or imagined. On, even but. also on the road against middle, man, they showed some resolve. What's Again, the line? 11 and a half Air Force. Hmm. I mean, I like Air Force to win the game. I just don't know that I like them to win it by two scores. JK? I'm, yeah, I like Colorado, Colorado State in this one for sure. Well, not for sure, but. <laughs> yeah, as sure as we can be. Yeah. 6.30 on NBC, Ohio State goes to Wisconsin, hmm. where they will jump around if they're not getting beat too badly. 14.5 points in favor of the visiting Buckeyes. This one's on NBC, probably. It's another one of those games, man. It really is. Man. Um, I'm, what's the line you said? 14.5. Man, that's low, I feel like. Uh... I'm going to take Wisconsin. Let's do it. Let's ride, cheeseheads. <laughs> I am inclined to take Wisconsin as well, but I never know when Ohio State is going to come out pissed off and, and right, put up seven a 40 burger on somebody. You know, The fact that they have the ability to do it but don't always do it is really frustrating as, a, mm-hmm. as someone who picks against the spread. There's exactly. no question. Yeah. Yeah, because you know they can do it. It's whether or not they, they will choose, choose to or choose to do it. 
So, I, I like Wisconsin too, but I don't feel good about it. Mm-mm. Yeah, not confident at all. Yeah, let's go with the Bucky Badger to cover. Vault Hemingway Stadium, SEC Network, 630. Vanderbilt travels down to take on the number 12 mm. Ole Miss Rebels. The number is 25 and a half points. I don't think 25 and a half, and I don't think that's nearly enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Going Rebels for sure. What reps? Yeah. Run that. This is just deadly. 25 and a half. Uh-huh. It's going to be one of those 42 to 10 games or something, and that's that's where I'm at. Ken Seals is expected to get the start yet again. He has taken care of the ball considerably better than A.J. Swan. Thirty-five to ten is a cover for Vanderbilt. It is. Thirty-five to fourteen is a cover for Vanderbilt. It is. Forty-two to fourteen is not. I'm going to miss. All right, there you go. <laughs> At home, they'll be wearing those beautiful uniforms. Will the UCLA Bruins, the number 23 Bruins hosting Colorado. Colorado mm-hmm. is a 17 and a half point underdog in this game. 17 and a half. 17 and a half, 630 on ABC. So not quite Pac-12 after dark. It's prime time. It is prime time. <laughs> in the afternoon there, but yeah. Do I even need to say it? No, you don't. <laughs> we we know. Right, cool, cool. You riding with Prime, JK? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back against the wall. That's when he's his best. You know, I think Dion's going to find a way to make it personal. Yep, he's going to Michael Jordan it. You're so right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I, I I'm taking Colorado to cover. I am too, as are 73% of the general public. But no All right, bonus here. game real quick. we got about a minute to go. So Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the great big grocery bag of Kroger Field. JK? Sorry, say that one more time. My fault. Tennessee, three-and-a-half points at Kentucky. Oh, yeah, I'm going Tennessee right all day, balls. I'm going balls too. Ditto. What a low spread. But I guess I'm thinking that because I'm a fan. I think Tennessee wins by at least a touchdown. At least. At least. And maybe by 10. Nice. Or more. All right. There you have it. That is it for this week on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We will come back on Monday with the Monday Mirror, our Monday Monstars, and much, much more. So please. Two o'clock, Main Street Media TV. Come back with us. We will have plenty to discuss i mean plenty so and if tennessee doesn't win then we'll have even more to discuss but yeah it's going to be a great weekend of college football make sure to enjoy and of course whatever happens with the titans that's what we'll be focusing on probably if i had to guess also be sure and follow 
at oh, that's right. MS underscore sports today for all of your high school football scores from tonight around the area. That's right. All right. We'll see you guys next week, Monday, 2 o'clock, right here on Main Street Media TV. Have a good one.